Is it me? It's me. I get to start. Sweet. What is good, Defenders? We are just so excited. I mean, look, we're in two places right now. Philly's in world-famous Monster Studios. I'm here behind the semi-famous scarf wall in Lawndale, California. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is 1228 in the morning on Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, there it is. Thursday, July 13th. But, oh, my goodness, LAFC turns out we are top dog in our 3 nothing win over St. Louis. You know my voice. It's the scarf. J.R. Liebert, welcome to the LAFC podcast heard in over 100 countries worldwide. And as we talked about on One More Sleep, we have checked off Guadalupe on the country's listened list. To my right, the one, the only, Christian Philly. Fill him up. I'm going downtown, baby. Yo, street in a Range Rover, clean sheet, baby. Three goals ready to go. Basket Robbins, Chick-fil-A, give it to me now. Sifu, Vela, and Bugue beating St. Louis down. And you wow. can find us against St. Louis getting a dub, whooping their butt. What? Three goals wasn't enough. That's right. That's your country grammar, baby. Courtesy of the platinum-colored-haired flamingo. DJ Philly Phil's in the house. It feels so damn good to get back to winning ways, Scarf. Yeah. It's even better when we whip the first place team in the West's butt. We snap our four-game winless streak. It's our first win at home since June 21st. Yikes. But it couldn't have come at a better time, my friend. No more regular season games until, what, August the 20th. Sansa, a League's Cup match here or there. But, dude. It's so gosh darn fitting that St. Louis has Purina as their official kit sponsor because we fed their asses to the dogs. Los Angeles, City of Angels, I love you so much. We took back our football team from St. Louis and we whooped your other football team's ass. Light it up and take a puff. Pass it to me now. Yes. Philly is, uh, he's on one right now, guys. That's two swears, bro. Two swears in the first three minutes so far, although they're they're lifetime swears, right? You can you can say those on on lifetime television. So I guess that works. TNT approved scarf. Look, this for the first half. I Philly, I'm gonna ask you if you don't mind when we go into the game later on. I'm gonna ask you to let me do something that you have never let me do before. So we'll get there in a minute. But in the first half, uh, Philly, we we all could have maybe taken a nap. And I think that that has a lot more to do with good things that LAFC did uh, rather than poor play by LAFC. But that second half, man, it felt like, uh, dare I say it, the the LAFC of 2022, you're defending MLS Cup champion winning the absolute beatdown handing black and gold football club that we have been used to for the last year plus. It, it, it felt like, like when The Rock comes back to wherever he goes, <laughs> he's, when he was back in Anaheim, finally, LAFC has come back to BMO, and it felt so good. I mean, that second half, hell, the, the last 20 minutes of the match really is where it got going. Stipe Buke coming into the match and kind of changing everything. How's that for your LAFC, LAFC bingo card? If you had Stipe Buke as your game changer today, you can go ahead and cross that one off. Uh, Philly, let's let's pay some bills real quick. Let's remind everybody that, of course, we are sponsored by Flex and FlexPowerTools.com. We love being part of the Flex family. If you have any questions about anything Power Tool related, hit up FlexPowerTools.com. And again, a full lifetime warranty for every tool bought in 2023. You go to the website, you register your tool. Guess what? Lifetime warranty. It literally covers everything but the box. So again, Head on over to FlexPowerTools.com, sponsored by Flex. They are also, of course, the front of kit sponsor for your defending MLS Cup champion, Los Angeles Football Club. And we do want to remind everybody that the Mofasio Futsal Court fundraising effort is underway. Uh, I know Anna is still working out the details on what's going on there. So um, until she works all that out, I I don't want to give out the the link to donate because we don't know right now where the best place is to donate. But Philly... You know what? We we got to do it, right? We got to talk about uh, what to do in terms of your donation number because we know you guys are ready. You're going to figure out something 
And, and for me, this is an easy one. When uh, when I was thinking about different things, um, I'm, I'm, oh man, where did it go? I just had it pulled up. Oh, I'm fired. Where is it? Uh-oh, this is really bad radio, but here we go. Ah, perfect. There we go. So Carlos Vela, with his goal scored, and I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, guys, but Carlos Vela scores in this one. With the goal scored by Carlos Vela, that is now number 76 all time in the MLS regular season. 76. So get on your, uh, uh, you know what, just put aside, go, go to an ATM, put aside $76, because we're not sure how you're going to have to donate it yet. But $76 for the 76 goals scored in the regular season, putting him tied for 30th in MLS history. Uh, I didn't see who, but it doesn't really matter. 76 for Carlos Valafili. Y'all ever see that episode of South Park when Chef was going to get married and it was to the succubus? And he had that area with the locked monster. Ring of the U.S. scarf. It's an older episode of South Park. Yep. Okay. So my number yep. in the voice of Chef. I say about Tree Fitty. <laughs> tree Fitty. Why do I pick Tree Fitty? Well, I know. I know why. As a result of the first goal of tonight's game, LAFC breaks another record, y'all. We become the fastest team to 350 goals in 180 games, and we had four games to spare, surpassing DC United and, of course, the Carson Galaxy. So while records are fun for the statisticians, my number is Tree Fitty. And it could be $350 or it could be $3.50. I will leave that up to you. But the number, once again, in the voice of Chef from South Park, I say about Tree Fitty. <laughs> I don't know that that's in the voice of Chef from South Park. but I mean, It's I'll my know. best rendition of Isaac Hayes. What do you want from me? I'll, I'll definitely I'm trying to rap. It. I'm trying to sound like Isaac Hayes. I'm not doing a good job, but I get the at least give me an A for effort, teacher. Come no, on. You only get an A for effort. That is for sure. And it's I think it's going better than the Nietzsche quote at the end of one. Yeah, more that was an epic fail. I had to I had to do something better than that. Like I said <laughs> at the end of one more sleep, it sounded so much better and cooler in my head. Then as I'm saying it, I'm like, damn, Phil, you really messed this one up. And what I love too about uh the two numbers that we threw out there, they both uh have to do with the exact same play. It was Carlos Vela's goal that got us to one more time, Philly. Would you mind doing that? Just just one more time. I'll say about tree fitty. There you go. All right. Yeah. That was the goal that got us to 350 goals on the season. Uh, let's get into it, Philly, because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. First, uh, this day in LAFC history, we want to say a big happy birthday to one cheeky Palacios. Cheeky 24 years old today. Well, now yesterday, but whatever. 24 years old. Happy birthday to Cheeky Palacios. And we do actually have an event on this day in LAFC history on July 12th. Back in 2019, LAFC plays their fourth game in 10 days. This one in Houston against the Dynamo. Carlos Vela would get a DNP next to his name on the stat sheet using a patchwork lineup by starting Fito Zelaya, Adama mm. Diande, and Josh Perez up top. LAFC comes back from one nothing down to defeat Houston 3-1. It was a brace for Dio and a goal for Diego Rossi in the 88th minute. And it was Mohamed El Munir with an incredible chase down of Albert Elise to save a goal in the 26th minute. Uh, yes. That's where he went flying into the goal. Albert Elise went flying into the goal. And the look on Albert Elise's face when Mohamed El Munir came out of absolutely nowhere, was like, what the hell just happened? That guy was nowhere near me. An incredible there, – there were just a couple of plays, man, with Mohamed El Munir, Philly. Obviously, he's, he's most famous, unfortunately, for having his skull caved in by Zlatan Ibrahimovic and that dirty elbow that he threw. But one of my favorite goals in club history scored by Mohamed El Munir and this play as well, Philly, from uh, from behind on Albert Elise. I mean, it was a hell of a goal, and it's funny you, you mentioned the name Josh Perez. I wonder if he, is he still with Miami FC in the USL. I don't even know USL. USL is going to be going through some interesting scenarios. They're voting on that pro relegation scenario. Uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. 
That was some this day in LAFC history. Cheeky Palacios, as we left the post uh, press conference at the end of the day, we saw yep. him. We wished him a happy birthday. Dude, his baby's almost as tall as he is at this point. He's going to get some athletic. That child is going to get some athletic genes for sure, but height will not be one of them. Sad to say. <laughs> Don't pick on Cheeky Palacios. Cheeky might be however tall he is, but the kid plays like he's a giant. Similar to a Latif Blessing, Cheeky is just such an important player in our backfield, and he had a pretty darn good game today defensively. Oh, he had an incredible game. Look, the the defense just up and down the lineup to full team defensive effort. I actually asked Kellen Acosta about that in the press conference as well, and he said it too. Just an incredible team defensive effort. And we'll get into that uh, in just a minute. Well, let's get into a little bit of news and notes. Sorry, I couldn't breathe and talk at the same time there for some reason. Uh, the Chicho Arango era continuing in Real Salt Lake. Chicho Arango subbed into the match at halftime with RSL down 2 nothing, And it took Chicho 45 seconds. That's right, 45 seconds to dish an assist to none other than the Moose himself, Danny Musovsky, to cut the lead in half. And then, of course, Real Salt Lake went on to equalize and earn a point. So Chicho paying dividends his first two matches, a goal and an assist. Not sure what more they could ask of Chicho in Salt Lake and Philly. I thought I was in the upside down, that I was in Hawkins when I read this tweet from Tom Bogert. Reporting a trade between Toronto FC and the New England Revolution. And I, I, I had to read it over two or three times just to make sure I got everything correct. Why are we talking about a trade between Toronto and New England on this podcast? Uh, Philly, that was because the two people that are involved reportedly in a straight-up trade would be Mark Anthony Kay going to New England for Latif Blessing, who goes to Toronto. <laughs> That's we haven't had this in a while, Philly. That has to be our wait. What, what? moment on this episode absolutely blew me away. It's funny you mentioned Hawkins. Uh, stranger things indeed. Mark Anthony K, a big part of that Bob Bradley era. Uh, and obviously the team did not respect Bob towards the end of his tenure there. And I think it was one of the Italians, I forget, I think it might have been Insigne referring to K as um Bob's son. So yeah. now with everything being dismantled from that era, it's no surprise that they would take Mark Anthony K off of there. Mark Anthony K also not really well received in Toronto. Uh, if you remember that idiot clown supporter threw a freaking bullhorn at right? him. Just unbelievable. But I would say the straight up trade is a good one. And I think Toronto wins on this one because I'd rather have Latif Blessing than Mark Anthony K. Latif is more versatile. He he causes more chaos. He's younger. I think he's faster. I mean, Mark Anthony K has his good attributes as well, but I think he fits in much better with Bruce Arena and new, the New England Revolution. I thought Latif would have a very prosperous time in uh in Foxborough. But it's going to be fun to see him in Toronto. Uh, it just means we're not going to be seeing him this season, which stinks. Either way, I wish the both of them the best, especially Latif Blessing. Philly, do you have the uh, Serie D package on your cable plan to get uh, all of the Aquila Montevarchi 1902 matches by chance? Jeez, no, and I probably should because I uh, I have a pennant and a jersey from Trastevere. Team at Roma there in Serie D. How the hell? All right, who? Obviously, this has an LAFC tie, but that's not where Josh Perez is, is it? It was the last place that Josh Perez was gainfully employed to play soccer. Yes, they play at Gastone Brie Perry, a 3,200-seat stadium. Uh, and uh, that's, unfortunately, as of July 1st, Josh Perez is uh, gainfully unemployed. Uh, as, Bring as him the MASL. I mean, the kid I mean, play in the USL. It's crazy, wasn't he a hotter prospect than Christian Pulisic on the U.S. Men's like youth national I, team? Just so crazy. I don't know if he was a hotter prospect, but he definitely came up with that whole run of like Tyler Adams and Josh Perez and Christian Pulisic. And well, that would be he came up with himself then. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like they were all on that team together. Uh, but Aquila Montevarchi 1902 was the last club. The good old Josh I, if Perez. I didn't have the bandwidth, now I have yeah. to pay attention to Serie D. No, nah, no. you don't have to pay attention to them. Let's do a very quick Angel City Minute and an LAFC 2 look. 
Uh, I would like to first apologize to Lee Wynn because Lee Wynn is not, not a coach on the North Carolina Courage, like I incorrectly stated last podcast. My apologies to Lee Wynn, the Courage, and to the Kansas City Current, who Lee Wynn is, in fact, a coach for. However, the Courage could have used some Lee Wynn advice as they fell to Angel City 2-1 in what was a come-from-behind win for ACFC. The win moved Angel City up in the table to 10th uh, and just four points, though back of a playoff spot their next match is at bmo saturday july 29th against the portland thorns as part of the 2023 challenge cup and philly you and i were following along while we were following along with everything else today between the u.s men's national team and lafc lafc 2 has had a bit of a week of highs and lows as they kicked off their action sunday july 9th with their first ever regulation win at home Two to one over earthquakes. Two congrats to the boys in black and gold. Fabian Vasquez got the scoring started, followed quickly. What was that? The gremlins are gremlining. Uh, give me a second. Not only did stuff fall off the shelf, but they just turned on the TV and it's really loud and it's going to waken Panda. And if I don't do something about it, I am going to sleep. That's on the okay. I'll, I'll, carry I'll, on. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll talk about how LAFC two did this week. That if you guys are watching this on. Uh, on YouTube, you just got a treat there. It looked like a 7.4 earthquake just hit Phil Monster Studios for a second there. Fabian Vasquez got the scoring started, followed quickly by Nate the Great or Daz. The boys made sure the two goals inside the first 22 minutes were enough as they saw out the three points. But unfortunately, things did not go as well down in Carson in the first ever meeting between LAFC 2 and Los Gross. LAFC would go down 3 nothing before waking up in a big way, but it was too little, too late, as LAFC 2 fell 4-3 on the road in Carson. Adrian Waboa scored his first for the black and gold in the giggity 69th minute, and two goals after the 80th gave the boys some hope. It was Fabian Vasquez again, this time with a PK, and Mateus Maya, who cut the lead to one, but that was it. They play at Minnesota United Sunday, July 16th at 6 p.m. And now it is finally time for us to talk about. Did, did you want to talk at all about the U.S. men's national team losing to Panama? I don't know. I mean, we already waste enough people's times anyway. The last thing anybody wants to hear about is the U.S. men's national team. They lost right. to Panama. It is what it is. So save all your right. ears for another podcast for that. All right. Well, it was Armenian Heritage Night at the stadium and really cool. First of all, it's it's right up here. There there it is. You can see it there on my screen. That scarf. And and I hope this gets passed on to whomever helped design this scarf right here. But someone's got to walk me through all the really cool symbolism on that scarf. I would love to have somebody. Uh, from either the design team or the Armenian community, reach out to me, LAFC underscore the scarf on Instagram. Help me understand what's going on on this. Well, that's Ollie with an LAFC logo. So I think I've got you started there. Yeah, it it really does. It it looks just like, uh, it is a beautiful, more on Ollie in a minute, by the way. Yeesh. Uh, It is an absolutely beautiful scarf that you designed LAFC. Wonderful job as somebody who obviously is rather fond of LAFC scarves. This is one of the more unique ones in our six-year club history. And I, I really do hope the Armenian community um, a- appreciates or or that this at least uh, properly represents the Armenian community because it is absolutely beautiful. And Philly, we had we had a bit of royalty as the honorary Falconer, Shavo. I mean, that's it's always pretty cool. Shavo has been such a, lar- a big supporter of LAFC uh, since since really he was introduced to the club several years ago. It was a it was a really cool uh, really cool little pre match honorary falconer moment. See Shavo, but then holy hell, Philly Ali went on flyabout. Ali definitely went on flyabout, and we've been joking these past couple of matches what the over and under is going to be in terms of her time in flight. Some cases like she was over sixty seconds, which I know made Ken sweat it out. There are times where she wouldn't even want to attack the lore. This time around, she actually left the vicinity of BMO Stadium. She went towards the south end, if I'm not mistaken, and kind of out and about and around. At one point, Panda came out like freaking. She was like, oh, my God, did you just see what happened? And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah that's right. Roll down. I can't believe got his PK blocked. But she was <laughs> referring to Ollie. 
during that time. She was more nervous and anxious about Ali flying out of BMO than the U.S. men's national team losing to Panama. Ali is getting very ornery in her age. She's taking her sweet time. She's not attacking the lure upon command. And now she's leaving the stadium. Yikes. I mean, I know she's a bird of prey, but watch out, man. There's some vicious creatures out in the, hovering the airs of Los Angeles. A lot of whirly birds, too, but they're not going to be low enough to cause Ollie any headaches. But yikes. I'm sure Ken was uh, having a bit of a heart attack on her walkabout. I'm sure, sorry, her flyabout. Yeah, look, my, my mom used to call it taking the scenic route when she got lost going somewhere. All Ollie was doing was taking the scenic route around BMO Stadium as she exited the south end, came right back in. Uh, we all definitely held our breath as Ollie went on fly about there. That was, that was pretty scary. Uh, Philly, LAFC taking on St. Louis City SC, which is just way too many different things going on in your club's name. St. Louis City SC for the very first time. And obviously, Philly, you and I have been talking about the incredible job that the 2023 expansion club has done in major league soccer this season. However, LAFC is five and O coming into this match, taking on expansion clubs for the first time. And of course we're talking about Cincinnati, Miami, Austin, Nashville, and Charlotte. And in fact, Nashville is the only club to even score on us the first time through we won those five matches on a 12-1 aggregate. Not that aggregate matters, but when we score 12 and we only give up one, usually good things happen. And Philly, the Purina-clad St. Louis City SC decided to pick the worst time to come to BMO Stadium for their maiden voyage. Was it their worst time? I mean, today it was, but they were riding a three-game winning streak, and we were not playing our best Football. I said it earlier, June 21st, the last time that we actually, if you're watching, defended the bank. Yikes. I, I'm utterly surprised at how good this team has been, Scarf. As we mentioned during One More Sleep, nobody predicted that they would finish any higher than 13th place in the West, which is second to last. You had more people choosing them uh, to finish 14th. The only person who I think gave them 13th, I said it the other day, was Andrew Wiebe and uh, Kalen Kyle. But somehow, much like the Las Vegas Lights did uh, in their inaugural season, they put together a winning club, a very good winning club who is amazing at scoring goals, incredible at defending, and uh, with a ragtag bunch of players. I mean, they're a shining gem in between the pipes. A keeper, Roman Berkey, who's played at the likes of Borussia Dortmund and in front of the yellow wall. It's insane how well that this team has progressed. But they've also been a little uppity. And yeah, I get it. We have been a, we were a little uppity too in 2018. I get it. I'm a little more biased about LAFC than I would be about St. Louis. But even the periodicals in St. Louis were talking about how this is the time for St. Louis to show everybody what they're made of and, and beat the defending champions. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Missouri, which is the state that the city of St. Louis is in, they refer to themselves as the show me state. I never quite got a good, accurate depiction as to why they refer to themselves as the show me state. But the only thing that was shown was uh, their asses out the door. And thankfully so, because we knocked them down a peg while climbing up the rankings in the Western standings. But still, shocked at how well that this team has been progressing. Joseph Zacker said it on Heart of LAFC the other day, Scarf. They look like a Bundesliga 2 team. And after watching them with my own eyes up close and personal, I completely understand the reference. Yeah, look, it's called misery for a reason, right? I mean, that's that's where that's where St. Louis is. And uh, look, uh, by yeah, the way, the, uh, the the reason why it's the show me state, uh, the most the most widely known legend attributes the phrase to Missouri's U.S. Congressman Willard Duncan Vandiver. And we all know Willard Duncan Vandiver, who served in the United States House of Representatives from 1897 to 1903. While a member of the U.S. House Committee on Naval Affairs, Vandiver attended an 1899 naval banquet in Philadelphia, and in a speech there, he declared, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and cockleburs and Democrats, and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I am from Missouri. You have got to show me. 
regardless of whether Vandiver coined the phrase, it is certain that his speech helped to popularize the saying of Missouri as the show me state. That's ridiculous. That's kind of like how it's kind of a far-fetched tale in the likes of why natives of the state of Indiana are called the Hoosiers. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. But uh, look, they're making noise. They're playing well. You mentioned it. They're their highest paid player, although I don't believe he's even a designated player. Their highest paid player is their keeper, Roman Berkey, the legend in Germany with 83 clean sheets for Borussia Dortmund, 150 clean sheets in his club and country career total. Not happening. Not happening at BMO Stadium. LAFC came to play. Uh, let's get into the lineups, Philly. Uh, I'll start with St. Louis City SC. Uh, we mentioned head coach Bradley Carnell, the former New York Red Bull assistant, the long career, mainly in Germany as a player. He is South African and capped over 40 times for the South African national team. Uh, MLS Soccer, Soccer.com.com called it a 4-4-1-1 formation. Uh, and unfortunately out for this match would be Joao Klaus. And Joao Klaus was the center forward who started the year very hot for this club. Five goals in nine matches. And they are really missing uh, his productivity up top. I mean, I say that, but they are still in first place. Uh, they also haven't had Edward Leuven for quite some time. A hamstring injury has kept him out since June 11th. He had six goals and four assists before the injury. So you're talking about 11 goals uh, on the season between Klaus and Leuven that they have been missing for quite some time. We would see Leuven in the match later on. He did come on as a substitute for his first action since June 11th. But, but between the pipes, we talked about it. Roman Berkey, the legend in Germany, the back line consisting of John Nelson, who has been a rock back there at left back for St. Louis City, John Bell, Lucas Bartlett, no relation to President Josiah Bartlett, and Jacob Nerwinski on the right-hand side. Philly is very confused about President Josiah Bartlett right now. Uh, midfielder, I voted for him. <laughs> midfielder Celio Pompeo, Indiana Vasilev, like Jablo Blum and Rasmus Alm and your forwards, Tomas Ostrak and Nico Giacchini. And this again, Nico Giacchini, one of the best young players in major league soccer, their leading scorer on the year and a player who has several cups of coffee with the U S men's national team. Uh, in the 18, we would see Jared Stroud and Edward Leuven. Uh, and my player to watch was also in the 18. Uh, Aziel Jackson, I thought for sure he'd get the start instead of Tomas Ostrak up top. And I was wrong, just like I was wrong about Lee Wynn being a coach on North Carolina Courage. Uh, my two players to watch Philly would be Nathan Ordaz, who wound up being an okay player to watch, by the way. Uh, and Aziel Jackson, both of them would not factor into most of this match. Philly. It was a solid, solid lineup for the boys in black and gold. Oh, absolutely. A very solid lineup indeed, starting as he has for pretty much the majority, no, actually the entirety of the yet regular season, John McCarthy. Our backline consisting of Ryan Hollingshead, Daniil Maldonado, Giorgio Chiellini. God, I love that and, man. And Cheeky Palacios. I'm always looking at you. As they're announcing the starting lineups and the PA announcer yells, Giorgio, I'm always looking to make sure you're the loudest one in founders yelling, Keeney Lini, oh. and you didn't disappoint me oh. today. So good on you. Good Not on true. you. Yes. I, I did say Cheeky Palacios. Uh, oh, happy birthday, by the way. You happy said birthday, earlier. Cheeky. Midfield, Jose Cifuentes. I know. He's still here playing shaky. But today was a good one. Today More was on that lady. Ilya Sanchez and Kellen Acosta regularly getting back in the lineup now. And up top, we got Carlos Vela, Mati Bogush, and uh, Denny Bowanga. Solid, solid starting lineup. As far as the subs are concerned, the ones that played, Stipe Buke, uh, Nathan Ordaz, and that was it. We didn't really <laughs> sub too much. We no. still had Eldon Yakupovic as our backup. No surprise with the full 90 that he played and the abysmal performance that he had. No Mamadou Fall playing in the game, although he was in the lineup. 
Daniel Crisostomo, he did was in the lineup, but he didn't play. Eric Duenas, Diego Rosales, and the pelvis himself, Julian Gaines, and Timothy Tillman was in the 18, but did not play. And I found that interesting. Tillman, obviously, having spent time at Goethe Forth and uh, the Bayern Academy, spending his time in the Bundesliga, I would imagine maybe he got a break because he was well scouted by Lutz von Enstiel and some of the other people that are within the technical staff of St. Louis City SC. You're right. Actually saying that out loud does state how much there is going on. I just can't refer to them as City. There's another team out there in the world of global football that has <laughs> earned that moniker. This one by no means has earned a damn thing. Uh, and respect from us is certainly not anything they earned today either. But that's your starting lineup. Scarf, yes, I know sir. we got two abs to cover, but I could easily say nothing happened for 72 minutes. So so if it's okay, I remember I said I would ask you to do something that oh, I don't boy. think you've ever let me do before. Oh, boy. Do you mind? And I know this is a lot, and I already talk a lot on this podcast. You, yeah. Do you mind do if, if I go over every exciting detail of the first half for the millions? Uh, and millions. Uh, should I start my stopwatch now or later? Yeah. You can start it right now if you want. Okay. Let, let, all right. All hold right. on a second. Uh, hey, Siri. Oh, crap. Yeah. It, it, it's go. past the hour where she's awake. Oh, the phone lit up. You know what? Forget it. Just go, and I'll uh, I'll look at the seconds. All right. So uh, in the second minute, we had a beautiful sequence of about eight passes that led to a corner. Nothing happened there. And then we had two bad turnovers by Ryan Hollingshead inside the first six minutes. Uh, in the eighth minute, I was particularly struck by Purina all around the ribbon of the stadium. I didn't like that because there was Purina on the kits of the other team. Uh, Mati Bogush fouled above the semicircle, and then Kellen Acosta put that ball right into the south end where Ollie was trying to fly. We got yellows from Jose Cifuentes and Daniil Maldonado. Ryan Hollingshead missed a header in the 39th minute, and then a shot on goal, if that's what you want to call it, in stoppage time from Ostrak as it rolled meekly and weakly to John McCarthy right before the final whistle, and that's your first half. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Gremlin, gremlin, excuse me one second. Yeah, you have no a gremlin. joke. Hagrid, uh, Hagrid muted the darn thing for a second. I thought he must have knocked something out. Uh, are you serious? Are we done with the first half already? Is that done is with that the it? first half? I did it. Yeah, you you weren't kidding. A couple of yellow cards was really it. If you look at the statistics, yeah, uh, yeah, not not much that transpired. <laughs> we didn't see any shots uh, until, like you said, it uh, stoppage time. There was no buildup. There was nothing really to write home about. There was nothing exciting. Our good buddy Justin Ruderman couldn't make his deadline because he spent the entire first half wondering what the hell he was going to write. There was literally nothing to write. And why? Because LSU had four stats, four shots with zero shots on target. St. Louis had three with only the one in stoppage. Possession was what it was. Passing was mediocre. Couple of corners, couple of fouls, obviously a couple of yellow cards. And that's it. Yeah, we were terrible. It, it was, uh, but look, I, I do want to say this. I have a thought. I don't think we're terrible. I just there was just nothing to be excited about, and that's to say both teams actually played each other defensively fairly well. And, and I, I do have one thought on that as it relates to LAFC. You're absolutely right. We weren't terrible. What we were was incredible defensively. I, I do want to say that the defense that LAFC played in the first half and in the second half, but we're talking about the, the abysmal first half here. The defense that LAFC played, we talked about this on One More Sleep, and, and we might as well talk about it again now. Philly, 40 goals on the year, tops in the West by St. Louis City SC. It's way too many damn things. St. Louis, that's all I'm going to say. St. Louis came into the match with 40 goals on the season. This is a club that scores. I mean, they average almost two goals a game. They are very, very good at scoring, Giggity. But that being said, we rendered them completely innocuous on offense, completely sterile the entire first half. I mean, literally, that shot on goal, which came right at the end of stoppage time, was a little trickler from Ostrak. And I mean, Philly, you, me, Panda, Nina, whoever could have saved the millions. 
and millions. No Anybody would have made that save. No <laughs> the, the gremlins would have made that save. Absolutely. They would individually and collectively kicked the ball back harder. I, I just loved our defense. I loved our defense in the first half. That being said, nothing, nothing to talk about other than Ryan Hollingshead's missed header in the 39th minute. That was a glimmer of sort of kind of hope. Yeah. Other than that, man, that that's it for the first half. Philly, uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and start the second half since I talked all that time about the first half. I like it. Uh, I, I'm not going to replicate what you had in the first half in the second because right around the 72nd minute is where things got exciting. But a couple of things happened. Now, both of these teams have not played each other. St. Louis True. is a team that's done pretty well thus far, but they were beatable. I mean, they got beat by the Chicago Fire twice. One time during the regular season, a couple of days later during the U.S. Open Cup. If the Chicago Fire can consecutively beat St. Louis, how good of a team are they really? A very good team. In fact, such a good team that them getting on the boards first would have been detrimental. Because anytime St. Louis scores, they win. They're undefeated, 10-0-2. But when LAFC scores, in particular at the bank, uh, and as a result of today, we, we were 9-0-1 and 7-0-1 at home when that happens. So both teams getting a feel for each other, but we wouldn't see too much transpire until we started having some subs. A player that we've been frustrated with for a number of games now, who's been linked with a move to the Scottish Premier League, one Jose Cifuentes, had moments in this match where it was just you, you wanted to pull your hair out. From the turnovers to the rough touches, obviously not having any ability within the final third he uh he had a couple of really good passes to, to start i think in the 50th he had a great pass to vela who um had some contact in the box but you know not, not, but he was off there uh 51st minute when you thought the ref was missing the cards for st louis because they were calling this rather one-sided uh we finally get a call and it happened to be on bell for a foul on mati bogus so we start moving along right there then uh, we have a minute in the 55th where Cifuentes is in the box and, and Berkey, Roman Berkey, went in to intercept a ball that was there and he fumbles it. He fumbles it and Denny just not quick enough to get to get to it. But 56 minute, man, there was another play in which Sifu got it into Denny who tried to get it to Mati, but I mean, it went out for a goal kick. I mean, LASC trying to string some passes along within the first like 15 minutes. Unfortunately, up until this point, nothing really transpired. Now, look, I, I thought that LAFC came out. And again, the defense that we were playing was great. We, we looked great defensively, not allowing anything going forward for St. Louis. I did have an interesting observation in the 60th minute. I, I feel like, Maybe the last three or four times we tried this in the match, well, when we tried to play a ball off of a St. Louis player for like a corner or a throw-in, I felt like we missed almost every single time in this match. It was the weirdest thing. Denis Bawanga did it once or twice. Jose Cifuentes missed his player in the 59th minute when he tried. It was just the weirdest thing. Like, you know how you play a ball into the corner and try to flick it off of them, or you bring a ball down to the touchline, you flick it off. Of them. We couldn't, for the life of us, find a way to actually make contact with the ball and that player so that we could earn the throw in or earn the corner or earn the free kick or earn whatever it was. God, we were, it was so frustrating. And I do want to say, I think the revelation so far for this club this year has been Mati Bogush. And I unfortunately feel like this game was the one where he kind of disappeared. We didn't see a lot of Mati Bogush. So at just after the hour mark, Stipe Buke, comes on for Mati Bogush, and I don't mean to put this on Mati Bogush at all because I, I don't think Mateus Bogush is the problem here for this match, but we can very easily say, Philly, that in the 61st minute with Stipe Butte coming on, that's where everything kind of felt like it started to change, no? No, I completely agree. I mean, everything just seemed a lot more cohesive and, and fluid. Um 
I mean, other than the fact that like a minute after that, St. Louis really had a decent opportunity with their own sub Stroud making an yep. attempt at John McCarthy, but, but he was wide. Uh, fresh legs would certainly make an impact on this match for both sides. Yeah, you had 65th minute, four minutes into his entry into the game. Stipe Butte gets the ball over to Ilya Sanchez, who's completely wide open. Ilya, who doesn't really shoot often, had an opportunity, and he 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 cocked it back, and he let it roll. Oh, but unfortunately, he struck it way too hard and, and not on target. So we missed there. But then 66 comes around. Uh, LAFC with another golden opportunity. See, Fuentes has a great pass into Stipe. Stipe gets a nice dime over to Carlos, and he just, just misses it. He was close. We knew that he was close. Carlos knows that he was close. And that's a ball that Carlos needs to convert. He got it off the foot that he wanted to. He just missed it. And we had a couple of pretty decent buildups, but such a bummer that with all that brilliant passing, that by the way, started with Jose Cifuentes, we didn't net any kind of a result. Yeah, I want to say that. Why do I keep saying I want to say? Just say it, dummy. Yeah, just say it, dude. Yeah, I know. Jose Cifuentes, to me, was the most consistent player offensively in this match. I thought that this was Jose Cifuentes' best match of the season. I would agree. Uh, and I think it's coming at a great time, obviously, right? We we want Rangers and or whomever else it might be. We've seen various things on Instagram uh, that Jose Cifuentes has been all over the map uh, in terms of where he has been linked to. But I think Jose Cifuentes was our most consistent offensive player this match. I thought that Carlos Vela in moments was by far the best player on the pitch. I thought that Stipe Buke was the one that kind of turned things for us. When he came in, the ball seemed to move a little bit better. You just mentioned uh, two plays in a row there, about 65th, 66th minute. And, uh, I, but again, I still think Jose Cifuentes was our most consistent offensive player. Uh, in the 67th, a corner for St. Louis, an amazing block by Cheeky Palacios, and then a rocket from deep by John Nelson had to be kind of tipped over the bar by John McCarthy for another corner, but we defend that one well. And I just, I'll say this, Bradley Carnell, the coach of St. Louis, I didn't like his substitutions at all in this match. I thought that he did things that allowed LAFC to play even more open and, and to really string passes together a little bit easier. The line change that he made in the 68th minute Three subs for St. Louis City, and I felt like Celio, who took all who took all their set pieces, and Nico Giacchini both come off there, and and it was a little confusing because yeah, look, they weren't getting a lot of Giacchini, but Celio was delivering the ball really well into some really good spots, and I thought you know Bradley Carnell, their head coach, really kind of took them out of it, uh, and uh, I think we see what happened. Look, I, yeah, Stipe laid one off instead of taking the shot there in the 71st minute, but you look and, and just two or three minutes the Casper, the friendly ghost, he was hoping somebody was making that run in behind there through the middle, but Philly Casper. speaking of perfect passes, I don't know that you make a better pass Philly than Jose Cifuentes did in the 72nd minute. I know we have a wait. What moment on this pod, but that was a Holy crap moment. I mean, Cifuentes like from the absolute, <laughs> As far as he could be on the other side of the field with a pass all the way to a running Carlos Vela and Vela slots home a golasso. There's no way that Roman Berkey had any opportunity to make a save on that. And that goal and that pass were beautiful, poetic justice. And thank you, Cifuentes, for finally shutting us up. We're frustrated with your performance because <laughs> we know what you're capable of. I get it. You want to be in Europe. I want to be in Europe right now, too. The fact of the matter is we're in Los Angeles. You're in Los Angeles. And you got to make the best of what you have left time-wise here. And he did because that pass was brilliant. And for all the Vela haters out there, seriously, for all the crap people talk about him, the man's quietly amassed seven goals and five assists on the season. I mean, he's practically contributing to a little less, if not right around 30% of the team's overall offense. Like I said, seventh of the season, you alluded to it earlier, 76 regular season goals since he came in in 2018, and he's tied for 30th. Sure, there are 29 others ahead of him, 
But at the end of the day, he's only been around for a cup of coffee and he's aging. And for us, it was very important to draw that first blood because as we said, St. Louis 10-0-2 in scoring the first goal. And now we can lay claim to the fact that we're 9-0-1 and 7-0-1 at home when we score. But man, Sifu, that was the pass of passes, my man. Yeah, really happy that Jose Cifuentes had as good of a game as he did. And we already talked about it. That goal was number 350 for LAFC in the MLS regular season. Uh, so, of course, one, one, 180 matches uh, ahead of DC United at 184 and the Galaxy at 188. And then uh, Nerwinski with a yellow in the 77th minute that it looked like might have been last man, but they they kept it as a yellow. And I think that kind of changed things a little bit for St. Louis. Again, another player on that back line with a yellow card. Finally, my guy gets into the match. Aziel uh, subbed into the match for St. Louis and did absolutely nothing. It was a uh, poor choice of a player to watch on my end. Uh, can we just talk about the free kick that was taken after the foul on Jacob Nerwinski? Uh, I, I got to go back through, and I just want to make sure I get the player right because let, let me just be honest. There's several reasons why I would not ever have wanted to be part of the wall in soccer, and uh, they they substitute Edward Leuven, who is – probably their best offensive playmaker that they have on the pitch. And that free kick drilled Leuven in the face, just about as hard in the face, in the face, just got absolutely cleaned off, cleaned out by that kick. And Oh, that's, that was just so bad. But as bad as that was for Edward Leuven in the 82nd minute, look, I, I'm I'm gonna say something that I don't really care how this sounds. That goal, that goal was why I chose my seats in Founders Club. That goal in the 82nd minute, being able to look at the FIFA view of things and to be a little bit higher up and to be able to watch the chess piece, and and it was just so beautiful, Philly. I don't think I've seen a prettier goal for LAFC all season. You had Cheeky Palacios from all the way in the back, Philly, all the way in the back. He kind of controlled possession, fought for it, and, and Giorgio made himself available by dropping back just a little bit. And Giorgio's pass up the wing to Denny Bawanga with a little backheaded flick with a header there to Carlos Vela. Carlos Carlos, and Denny Bawanga were, were just on a, on a really nice page today. A little backheeled pass to Denny Bawanga who just had space. He took the ball and went. And kudos to Stipe Buke because he was not caught watching on that play. He made his run up the right side. And look, for all those great passes, if not for Denny Bawanga putting it on the absolute foot of Stipe Buke and Stipe hammering it home, it was it, that play was just beautiful, Philly. Absolutely beautiful. I'm glad you broke it down from where it started because there was so much to it. And you're right. It came starting with, with Cheeky Palacios. And and Denny, Denny's going to make his shots. He's always going to go out there and, and take his shots. And in some cases, he gets um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? He, Banana Not bread. trolled on, but, like, he, he he's a shot taker. He's not one that really distributes the ball heavily. Right. And he really did the right thing in this set of circumstances. Rather than look to beat his defender off the dribble, he caught Stipe Buke. And Stipe, the reason why that goal was so nice for him is because he didn't think about it. I mean, <laughs> even from up in Founders Club, when Stipe gets the ball, if we're looking at cartoon bubbles, like you can see the, the gears turning in Stipe's head when he gets the ball. He, he doesn't react. You can tell he thinks he's cerebral. He didn't think about this. He didn't even really take one touch and then kick. He just went for it like a hockey one-timer. And as a result of that, he gets uh, he gets the reward. He gets the goal. It, it seals the game, uh, essentially, and... For him, it's his third goal of the season. Denny gets another assist. And out of the three goals that Stipe has this season, believe it or not, two of those assists come from Denny. And as a result of Denny's contribution, we're looking at him with 26 goal involvements over 31 games across all competitions. 19 goals and seven assists. So starts at the back. 
Chiqui, Giorgio, Denis, Carlos, Denis, Stipe. One of the most beautiful plays I feel like we've ever, like you said, ever, ever seen. And I feel so happy that Stipe gets rewarded. I know he's starting to develop a lot of haters. And the way to shut up haters and critics and pundits and podcasters and Monday morning center backs is just succeed. Shut us up by scoring. Shut us up by assisting. See, Fuentes did that today. Stipe did that today. Carlos shut up some of the critics. Danny shut up some of the critics that said he's not a distributor. He's mainly a goal scorer. Got himself an assist. And booyah, baby, two to nil at this point. I just realized you're wearing the Purina bandana right now. Yeah, I just wanted to remind St. Louis that we fed them to the dogs. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah, look, beautiful goal. Uh, and, and look, here's uh, LAFC was taking this match incredibly seriously because nobody really came out. <laughs> you mentioned it, Philly. The substitutions, we mentioned how Stipe kind of turned the game on its head. Stipe had an incredible match in this. The only other substitution for LAFC, because I really think they were keeping their best lineup out there for as long as possible. Uh, until they scored this second goal, you mentioned that this was basically liftoff for LAFC after this match. The, the, after the, after that goal, excuse me, is uh, Nathan Ordaz coming on in the 86th minute for Carlos Vela. I mean, that was pretty much it. And that's how you know. Giorgio Chiellini, by the way, playing a full 90. Are, are we going to see him in just four days? Excuse me, three days, right? Three days. In Minnesota, get back Aaron Long, bro. I don't know. We do get back Aaron Long, uh, and Aaron Long did not factor in that U.S. men's national team match against Panama. So we'll be getting Aaron Long back. I wonder if the decision to play Giorgio Chiellini 90 minutes in this match was because U.S. men's national team is no longer going to be playing uh, in there. There's not a consolation match, is there? They're just I don't know. That's a good right? question. I mean, That's it's kind of funny. Like, shout out to our buddy Celso on Voices of the Black and Gold. We lost to the Canal team. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's. Uh, I don't know that there's a. I, I mean, I just. I, I. I don't. Actually, that's a good question. I, I. I don't know the answer to it. I mean, the Gold Cup is relatively new, so I can't say I. I understand all the nuances. I really do hope we get Aaron Long back because. Giorgio Chiellini would be good against Minnesota United because now we have to contend with another offensive threat who, by the way, scored yeah. today. That that of Norwich City's Pookie. I can't so wait to, to see Pookie. I can't wait to see Pookie play. There is not, from what I understand on the Gold Cup uh, website, a consolation match. There we so. go. Then we get back Aaron Long and Giorgio get gets back, to show for a bit. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we see Giorgio at all after Aaron. I mean, look, it's Giorgio, right? He could go up to Steve and say, Coach, I'm I'm good for the 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. I'm <sighs> Drinking I had, espresso. I had in. my espresso. I'm good to go. So uh, let's get into stoppage. To, uh, first of all, can we just talk about Giorgio Chiellini over the last 10 minutes of this match? Why did Giorgio Chiellini look more spry and more energetic over the last 10 minutes of the match than he did? Over well, he the almost rest? killed a man. <laughs> he almost killed a man. Uh, it wasn't just any man. It was Aziel Jackson, my player to watch. Uh, he goes to clear it and just drills Aziel Jackson absolutely drills him. Jackson is down for just a minute and Giorgio went over. Okay. Okay. He's okay. He's not bleeding. He's good. And then just kind of walked away. I love Giorgio so much. And then in the 89th minute, he goes to challenge for that ball in the corner. Dude's coming full speed ahead. And this is where you forget how sturdy and big of a guy like Giorgio Chiellini is. He just clears out the defender uh, so that we can retain possession of the ball. I just love Giorgio Chiellini so much. Five minutes of stoppage. Uh, we get Deniba Wanga Philly drilling the crossbar on a beautiful pass once again from Jose Cifuentes. And look, he was on one end of a lot of great passes in this match, but it's my pick to click Nathan Ordaz getting on the other end of it this time. A beautiful run up the right hand side. Nate kind of waits for the defender to move in front of him, plays the ball just back a little bit for Jose Cifuentes, and a beautiful ball from Nate culminates in a goal from Jose Cifuentes. And all I can think of, Philly, is that if this is the last match and this is the last memory that we have of Jose Cifuentes 
that this is the way I would want him to go out, right? A great match, playing his best match of the season, uh, coming up big all over the pitch, including the exclamation point on St. Louis City 3-0 LAFC. I mean, it would be great for him to go out in that respect. But the more he lingers around, the more I think we're going to hang on to Sifu for a little while longer. By the way, that was a great goal. This is his first goal since uh, he scored on my birthday, by the way. Last year, August 13, 2022, was Cifuentes' last goal. So it's been a minute. But the reason why I think that you know we're, we may hang on to him a little while longer, let me ask you. I'll start off by asking you. What club is he linked to, Scarf? Rangers. Okay. Now, Rangers is a very successful club in the Scottish Premier League. I believe they've won like the domestic club 52, 54 times, more so than that of Bayern Munich or anybody else. Right. But here's the deal. This club is, it has to be, and right now is going to be notoriously frugal. And the reason being is because throughout their history, they have been spending money that they didn't have. The club went into administration. That's 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 UK talk for bankruptcy. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. They had to climb their way up the tiers of the Scottish Premier League, and it didn't take them long to get back to the top flight. But having realized and acknowledged those mistakes, they're not going to go out there and sh- splash a bunch of cash on Jose Cifuentes because uh, his contract is up at the end of, I believe, the winter. And so why would they pay a transfer fee? of seven figures, whatever that amount is, when they could just potentially get him for free or at a discounted price. So the reason why I think that he hasn't gone yet, it's not because the deal has fallen through, but because Rangers are playing their card pretty sturdy. And hopefully John Thorrington and everybody within the front office has taken into account the fact that Rangers is a club that is back from bankruptcy and they're going to play that bankruptcy and be very frugal and tight with their money. I'll say this. While I while I totally understand where you're coming from with the Jose Cifuentes argument there, if Jose Cifuentes continues to play the way he played today, all Jose does is bring his value right back up to that incredible level where it was just a couple of months ago. And look, if you're telling me worst case scenario, because we have what, about a month or so left with this window being open. If you're telling me worst case scenario is we get to keep playing Jose Cifuentes as Timothy Tillman gets back healthy or as Ilya Sanchez needs to get some rest for a little bit or as Kellen Acosta gets pulled away to do this, that, or the other thing or or maybe just needs a minute or as you try to work in a player like Mati Bogush or Nathan Ordaz or whoever else it might be. If you're telling me that that means for the next month or so we get Jose Cifuentes while other offers come in and start raising his value more and more and more, I'm all for it. I just I don't think I don't think Jose Cifuentes makes it out of this particular transfer window. I would love to keep him, but I also don't think John Thorrington is willing to just let a player the caliber of Jose Cifuentes walk away for free. Uh, after the season is over on a, on a free transfer. Yeah. And a lot of that information, by the way, like I ascertained, I mean, I, I have always known that Rangers went under administration, but a lot of that information I, I did hear for, from Tom Bogert uh, during his guest appearances on uh, happy foot, sad foot. So shout out to them for bringing Tom. We said, we dropped the ball on that scarf and I'll, and I'll take the blame for it. We talked to Tom early on in the season and he was actually supposed to be on our pod, but kind of dropped the ball. We had the connection. We chatted with him during our days of 110 football. We just got beat to him, which kind of sucks. But I want to ah. shout them out for getting a good guest and uh, giving us some good information. Now they got a great guest, and uh, we love the guys over at Happy Foot, Sad Foot. But, uh, yeah, if you want to take the blame for that one, I'll give it to you. No problem. Uh, yeah. I'll Philly, make up for we... it. Don't worry. I got some awesome guests lined up at some point. All right. I'm ready. Uh, before we get into the table, Philly, let's get into the stats as we close out the match. You're our stats well, hold guy. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Denny almost, not only you said he hit the post, he almost had another one at the very end. He absolutely sliced, diced, juked through Hybert and had a shot that just narrowly missed. So I just wanted to make I, sure we gave Denny the acknowledgement that he almost scored again. And St. Sure. Louis is lucky to have only walked out of here down three to nil. We could have beaten them four or five with the way that yeah, we were starting I mean, look, the pylon attempts at the end. Uh, Nathan Ordaz a little shake and bake there at the end as well for a corner. I loved it. I, I love what we're seeing from Nathan Ordaz. Again, uh, I'll throw out the stat coming into this match. 
non-penalty kick expected goals per 90 minutes. Man, that's almost like saying St. Louis City SC. Non-penalty kick expected goals per 90 minutes. Our team leader is Nathan Ordez. Let's just, I know, I know, small sample size, very small sample size. I mean, you're going into like the weeds with like the Sabre metrics. We know how Sabre metrics work, Scarf, in hindsight. The athletics are moving to Vegas because of Sabre metrics. These, 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 these stats are kind of crazy. Nah, but look, even today, he comes in in the 86th minute, and all he does is get an assist and have several other interactions that were close. I, I mean, I would love to know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on FopMob while we're talking about stats, Philly. Uh, I'm going to try and find out Nathan Ordaz's XG for this match, but you're going you're gonna to walk us through the stats. So we closed out the first half with only four shots, none on target. Uh, we ended up with 11 and three on target. Oh, and we also had three goals. So we were batting a thousand. And you convert <laughs> your opportunities, chances are you might win a game. At the very least, you're going to score a couple of goals. St. Louis, on the other hand, had nine shots of two of them on target. So John McCarthy didn't really get tested, nor was he really in any dangerous positions. Possession, we controlled it, man. 59% to their to their 41. They're a team that likes to press and play up high and do their thing, cause chaos, and punish you on your mistakes. They got wore out as a result of the way we were playing. So this chess match uh, was won by Steve Chirundolo. We created six chances. They didn't create any. They had a couple. They had one more set piece from uh, than we did on the corner, five to four. Uh, ultimately, we were the more aggressive of the two with 15 fouls to 10, but... So in lies the uh, the tale of the tape. John McCarthy gets a seventh clean sheet of the season, and uh, not not too shabby. We <laughs> clean sheet a team that clean, normally clean sheets others. We beat what is considered now the best in the West and arguably number two in MLS, and comes at a better time. And a good team, a team that is worth their weight in salt or whatever unit of measurement you want to utilize, you're going to play up to the ability of your opponent. And St. Louis SC was a team that was really good. We play Colorado. Maybe we poop the bed against a really piss poor team, but against a really good team, we rose to that occasion. We rose to that level. And uh, we, we showed that we are the LAFC of old in these previous games that we had. It's not that we didn't create chances. We certainly did. We just never really converted on our opportunities. Once we broke this game wide open, right after Stipe Butte came in, the goals just kept coming. As I said, St. Louis is lucky that it was only three to zero because it easily could have been five. But as a result of that, we whooped the new kids on the block, 6-0-0 against expansion sides, and I'm feeling better than I have in a very long time. Dude, it was such a great feeling after that match. That was so incredible. LAFC leapfrogging Seattle to move to second in the West. 36 points from 22 matches, just two now, of course, behind St. Louis City. And our last match for at least a little while comes in just three days. Many of you will be listening to this on July 13th. And by the way, all thank you for listening. And as you listen to this, uh, it'll be just two more days. God, we're going to have to do a one more sleep uh, the next day. Uh, July 15th at Minnesota United at Allianz. Allianz Field, right? Allianz Field? Yeah. Allianz Field, Minnesota United. And then we get a break for League's Cup. We have a bye into the second round. There's a there's a whole round robin thing that these teams are going to do. They have to play a couple of matches. We get a little bit of a rest. And I want to remind everybody the transfer window is still open. That's all I got. I, and I'm sure a lot of, I'm saying, speak, speaking on behalf of a lot of y'all, going in and parking and, and just going through the uh, the motions at BMO, I don't know how you felt, Scarf. I did want to enjoy every moment of it, but like, I'm just so ready for a break, man. I mean, <laughs> between the one more sleeps and the number of pods, I mean, everybody, everybody wants to know why I keep drinking Topo Chico because that's the way I'm hydrating and fueling myself. Like I could not sustain this torrid of a pace with you. If I was just drinking shoeys this entire time needed to hydrate, lose some weight, needed to feel great. And thankfully feel great. A couple of weeks off is going to be so nice. Maybe we roll out another pot or two. Maybe we throw on an interview with a guest, but I'm going to tell you that after the game against Minnesota United, 
I'm straight chilling. No social media posts from me on that Defenders IG account unless something pertinent and newsworthy comes about. I need a break from this. Our team needs a break. The supporters need a break. The millions and millions need a break. We all need a break, and it it couldn't have come at a much better time. Thank you, and thank you, LAFC, for giving us another win to close out the month of July against a team that I really so desperately wanted to beat. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Man, I'm ready. Keep that black and gold wave going. Now that we're winning, let's not stop our winning ways. Watch. We're going to go into Minnesota. We're going to pancake them. Maybe 3 nothing. Maybe 3-1. I don't know. Depends on who we have pancake. on the back line. And uh, and now look. We're six points through two games. Maybe we, we leapfrog St. Louis City. Maybe we, uh, I don't know. We start making some noise in the Supporter Shield race. I don't want to stop. Let's keep the hits coming. Uh, well, we have to stop, so I, I'm going to enjoy my time out. I know. I don't particularly love this League's Cup thing. I don't. I, I just don't. No, me neither. Not, not, I, not yet anyway. I just genuinely don't care about it. I'll be perfectly honest. I want us to do well, sure. but And, and I know it has Champions League repercussions, right? So clearly it, it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing. It could be a very good thing for LAFC. But we're going to win the West anyway. We're going to, you know what? I, I'm going to say this. We're going to make the supporter shield race a whole hell of a lot closer than it has been recently. And uh and look, we are the defending MLS Cup champions and at the end of the season we are going to be the defending back-to-back MLS Cup champions at the end of all this and don't you forget it. I got nothing else, Philly. You got anything else? Are we are we are we closing this bad boy down at about a minute and 6 seconds? Yeah, let's close this bad boy out, Scarf. Let's do it. All right, you guys know how we like to end each and every one of our episodes. By the way, shout out to uh, LAFC Obsessed. That's a really cool logo you have on your Twitter handle. Uh, I love it. Uh, This is episode 266 of the LAFC podcast heard in over 100 countries worldwide. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 